Tennis legend Martina Navratilova will not celebrate the legacy of Australian great Margaret Court. This is TFG Unbuttoned. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. An off-the-cuff take on politics, pop culture, and current events. Welcome to TFG Unbuttoned. John Nash here in New York with my good friend and co-host Tim Bennett in New- in Philly. Sorry, Philadelphia. We're brought to you every week by Critics' Choice Video, America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987. And we want to thank them for being with us. And you could check out our weekly show, The Focus Group, which airs Wednesdays from 1 to 2 p.m. on Facebook Live and YouTube. And, of course, all of our media is always available at focusgroupradio.com, audio and video. So, new week, impeachment hearings are kicking off. It's circus time. Circus has come to town, Are you going to watch Tim. the impeachment hearings, any of them, or tape them, or...? I'm going to try, and I'm very, very pleased that I forget. I read something where a producer or a television guy was trying to convince PBS to rebroadcast in the evening the actual uh, hearing so that people who work during the day could could see the actual hearings. P- P- so, PBS, isn't that speaking to the choir? It needs to run on, well, needs to run on Fox. <laughs> we need to play it on Fox. <laughs> well, and, and as you mentioned that, John Cleese famous uh, comedian and actor from Monty Python uh, is a very active Twitter user. And he basically said something this weekend that I could not agree with more. And I've been saying this for quite some time. He said, don't waste your breath or your time trying to convince anybody who's locked into the Fox News world view of anything about Trump. It's just a waste of time because he said, basically, they're followers. They're not voters. (laughs) And I kind of agree with that, right? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I I make the mistake every now and then, but I've I've decided to stop um, responding to anything political because it's just um, there was some little innocuous thing that I responded to that blew up for no reason on uh, on Facebook. It was about the Harriet Tubman twenty dollar bill and uh, about how you know the Obama administration had decided they were going to perhaps change out the 20 with a picture of Harriet Tubman. And when Trump came in, he said, no, I don't want to do that. So th- that's the fact. Very simple. You and I know somebody very that works in the treasury that designs the money. I mean, this is a fact. So, um, and it all, this is all, you know, this is all a lie, fake news, um, inflammatory language. I was like, oh my God. Well, and that was that's another article I read over a very interesting think piece about and it was really no one was pointing fingers at anybody, Republican, Democrat, independent, didn't matter. They basically just said they're very, very worried about the situation we find ourselves in now because lies have been said so frequently and with such assuredness that the world of facts seems to be in danger and. You know, you can't dislodge, like, I, I know people, I actually know, I've sat across the dinner table from people who believe some of these crazy conspiracy theories. You're, it's almost like talking about Area 51. Yep. The aliens are here. They're behind a fence in New Mexico or <laughs> wherever it is. And 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 that goes back to what I said about John Cleese or his comment. You you can't break into that bubble. It's apparently a, it's a, it's a really... It's a really interesting thing. So we'll see what happens in the ballot box and what happens during the next several months. I maintain that 
that this president has benefited from a world that seems to be a little bit in chaos, but also has not offered up a major crisis that he needs to address immediately, a.k.a. hurricane relief, a country invading another country, an ally situation. He's he's had the grace of actually being able to duck and cover on a lot of things that were from previous administrations, but you never yeah. know. I don't want something bad to happen, but a major crisis would definitely jolt people. Yeah. No, you're very, very much so. So uh, kicking off on Bun today, we have a uh, we have Martina in the news, and uh, Martina Navratilova, someone Tim knows very well, actually, from his days at Subaru, uh, when she was the face of women athletes for the brand. Uh, pretty cool woman. And she is, of course, a big LGBTQ champion, and uh, she spoke out in the press recently because tennis legend Margaret Court is being, is going to be honored. uh, I think she's being honored uh, for her 50th, the 50th anniversary of her 1970 grand slam. They've honored other people in this zone for you know, for their grand slam victories, mostly men. And she's basically stepped out and said, it's time to honor me, you know, and, but at the same time on her press junket or her, like her press tour, she stepped into it in an interview on a station down in Australia where she basically said she does not believe that um, same-sex marriage should exist, uh, that she basically is a firm believer in man, one man, one woman. She's very religious. I think she's 77. Did I get that right? <laughs> yeah, she's old. <laughs> yeah, 77-year-old. And she's been hounded by her for her views with plenty demanding the court um, You know that, that she be stripped of any like honorary titles or things like that i i always cringe when it goes that far look she's 77 she has her views but here's what i do not understand and i will never understand you are entitled to that opinion you can have it you can express it you can speak it but when you impede another person from doing something that has no effect on your life whatsoever and don't tell me that a gay couple getting married has any effect on Margaret Court's Grand Slam victories or her, her acumen as an athlete from the back in the day or even has her standing as, a, as an old lady today, you know, don't tell me that that, that gets in the way of your life, but you have, you have no problem grabbing the megaphone and just screaming at the top of your lungs, or I doubt she's screaming, but <laughs> saying at the top of your lungs, I don't believe in this and it's wrong. Okay, but, but I wouldn't actively go... Uh, championing that, considering the decade we're in, right? Right. It's similar to when people were against interracial marriage. And it's the same exact thing again. What does somebody of a different um, different nationality or different uh, race have anything to do with your marriage or the validity of your marriage or whether you want to get married or not? If two people fall in love and they want to get married, and it's people, all this nonsense of, oh, I'm going to marry the toaster, or I'm going to marry the dog. No, it's people. So... If two people want to get married, what what effect does it have on Margaret Court or anybody else, right? And how long have we had marriage equality now in the U.S.? Three, four years? Has anything anything crashed? Anything been a problem? Well, I'm wait. You know, according to some people, the San Andreas Fault's going to get pretty active in California. It's going to slide into the Pacific, but or maybe we go back to Area 51 and all the conspiracy theories. But no, it's like when Massachusetts legalized it. It, it didn't descend into the ocean. Satan didn't rise up out of the Boston Harbor. I mean, that's the thing that there's this this. Well, it is what it is, and I'm glad that Martina has said something about it as being one of tenets, tennis's greats and certainly an outspoken legend so well that was the other just quick we'll see that was how... the other quick thing about it though for me was 
it's not like there's not been a number of players that tennis has led the way in terms of out professional athletes more so than any other sport, probably. Arthur Ashe, right? Well, and then Billie Jean King and Martina Navratilova. There's been a number Martina of Navratilova, people yeah. that have that have come out, and you would think Margaret Court would at least have familiarity or know them. We always say the more familiar you are with people, the less likely you are to be prejudiced about them. And so you would expect that Margaret Court knows a lot of these legends and icons, and uh, but that that's her view. She's entitled to it, but as you said, she's not entitled to. Uh, to not face the consequences of reviews either. Well, when you're being that public about it, yeah. I mean, privately, if you have a conversation with a friend and they're like, oh, I didn't think you, th- I didn't know you thought that way. Let me give you some, here, here's my thought. When you're on national TV in Australia, yeah. <laughs> All right, our next story uh, comes from the airline industry and the headline reads, flight diverted after man grabs passenger by the crotch, criminal complaint says. Before I even get into this, what happened to the the way people traveled in the past? You and I talk about this. I know it's very last century. <laughs> I know it sounds like we're old men, but people used to dress nicely. They put on a I, okay. I'm not asking for suits and ties, but you know, a pair of nice pair of shoes. Okay, let's let's even go from the ground up. I, I walk through airports and I see flip flops, bare feet, whatever. Let's just say shoes pants and a shirt let's just even lower the bar there and not even talk about like my grandmother used to wear white gloves when she and she had that little cosmetic case thing on the plane now we go to behavior so not only are people just showing up at the gate as if they rolled out of bed i don't understand how this can even happen so this guy uh, a gentleman named james clayton Cholwinski boy. So it's C-H-O-L-E-W-I-N-S-K-I hyphen boy. Cholwinski boy. <laughs> that's, a, that's a strange first of all, you're, I'm you, First of all, right you, you, are, you are so newsy. Gentleman. <laughs> it's like <laughs> gentleman, Saddam this guy. gentleman Saddam Hussein today. <laughs> this guy. All right. This guy. Um, he sits in a middle seat, apparently. Uh, it took me a minute to figure this out. So it's probably a, a three three seats in a row. A woman is sitting on one side of him and her daughter's on the other. And shortly after um, the, the takeoff, he begins to touch the woman's arm. And she repeatedly pushed his hands away, according to the complaint. Then he forcibly grabbed her by the crotch. And the woman pushes his hand away. And he throws up his hands and he says, sorry. But then she notified flight crew. They moved the two women, the mother and daughter, to a different part of the plane. And then they made sure that when the plane landed, um, he was met by the police who arrested him for uh, this conduct. I'm just stunned that people even can do this. I mean, I, now the, the article does show a picture of the guy, uh, James Clay and Chwinski boy. Nothing unusual looking about him. And I'm, I'm like, what would ever prompt you to do this? And then I thought to myself, do you think maybe he just wandered the road to himself? And this is his stupid way of getting the road to himself? You know, like, what? how do you explain well, this? Well, I had two questions about this. So apparently he was, so when they moved the daughter and the mother, they divert. So the plane was going from Charlotte, North Carolina to Salt Lake City, but they diverted to Oklahoma to land the plane and arrest the guy. Now, Oklahoma is right. not all that far from Salt Lake. Can you imagine the aggravation of the other other um, passengers because you had to stop in Oklahoma for this nonsense? I don't know why, since they moved the, the, the woman and daughter, why they just didn't fly to Salt Lake and have them arrested there. That's what I would have done. But for whatever reason, they decided to divert. So maybe he was, they talked about he was arrested for public intoxication. 
usually if you're that bad, you can't get on the plane. So I, I, those were two of the questions I had was, why did you go to Oklahoma, which probably in another 45 minutes, you could have been in Salt Lake. I don't know the exact flight, flight route, but I think it would have been, it would have been smarter just to fly to the destination since he was moved. And apparently the threat was gone, but yeah, I I'm with you. I can't imagine well, we wouldn't do it. So I, I don't even know how I could even say. <laughs> Not said. We wouldn't yeah. do it. No, said. That's, yeah, another another reason why the friendly skies ain't so friendly. And you could be landing in Oklahoma City because some jerk on your plane decides to be a complete jerk. Yep. So see, the gentleman part of that is gone. He's no longer a gentleman. <laughs> he's, he's a jerk. All right. So um, our last piece is is one that I I find fascinating on a number of levels. The headline says, U.S.-born ISIS bride says everyone deserves a second chance. So this woman named Hoda Muthana, uh, she worries for the future of her two-year-old son, Adam, and wants to return home to Alabama. But there's a hitch here, and that's because she left a few years ago to join ISIS. And in fact, early in the article, it notes that she was married, I believe, within the ISIS thing. No less than four times. Did I get that right? I think it was at least three. Yeah, she had three, three, three terrorist yeah. husbands. And this is not just a. This is an interesting dilemma facing most Western democracies, and we're talking about uh, the UK, Germany, the US. All have lost citizens. I've lost. Sorry, we didn't lose anything. All, all have had citizens who went to f- join the fight in ISIS, and they got there through a very porous border. It's not like they flew to the ISIS airport. They had to get there by going through Turkey or through other countries. So there was an effort put in by these individuals to join the caliphate and this this whole terrorist organization. Now that it's been kind of reduced to rubble, and we do know that there's still an active element over there, and I don't think they're going to go away overnight, but the caliphate, this this promised you know, empire um, is gone. And now the the reality is setting in for many of these people, which is they live in a tent by an oil field, and she and her son, they have to drink out of a tank of water, which apparently makes them sick oh, every day because it's not bad. like bottled water. Oh. But they believe that because she was born in the United States, her parents were diplomats, and they did not, in fact, due to the, the, the diplomatic court does not necessarily get citizenship just by being a resident of the country, but she was, in fact, born in the U.S., she would like to come back and be a U.S. citizen, and she's happy to face the justice system if she comes back. I got to tell you, I, I had a, I had two re- instant reactions to this, and one of them was, oh, so now you think it's an okay place to be, but you didn't think so before. That was the big one. And the second is, hooked up to that, a realization that her child is going to have an extremely different experience in this world not being in the U.S., than they would have had they, in fact, been in the U.S. So now you're thinking of your children only after the fact. So I, I don't know. I don't... I, you said something to me in your note about the State Department and agreeing with them. So what was your whole... Well, I had an old boss named Phil Anger. May he rest in peace. And this is the sort of story where he would say, you know what this is called? This is called tough shit. She decided that she was going to go, and she she actually urged jihadists in America to go, quote, go on drive-bys and spill all of their blood. Um, she was a, a ISIS terrorist and her family was Yemeni. Her dad, as you said, was a diplomat, but she was born in the U S there's some debate whether you can be a citizen or not as, as a, as a diplomat. Um, there's a fine line there and that's what they're suing 
suing the U.S. government about. But Pompeo said, Secretary Pompeo said, she's a terrorist. She's not coming in. We're not letting her back in. And I actually agree with him on this point. She made a huge effort. She burned her passport. She denounced the U.S. And she went to go live with ISIS. And I love my favorite line of this whole thing. And, and it, you know, it, I guess she was trying to get a tear. I want my son to be around my family. I want to go to school. I want to have a job. I want to have my own car. Ha, ha, ha. Guess what? <laughs> well, that one. I, I saw that car thing. It was well, very because they don't allow. The, you I would... think you're not allowed to drive. You're a second-class citizen. She's probably been beaten, raped uh, the whole time she's been over there. I don't know if she thought she was going to the Cayman Islands or Shangri-La. I don't know where she thought she was going, in the middle of a war zone. And I am with these Western governments that are saying, you know, we don't want you. You denounced where you were. You're in these tents. You're breathing oil. You're drinking bad water. That's just, that's called, as I said, it's, that, that's, you know, tough tootsie. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I don't even know that there's more to say. Like I, what, if she were sitting, let's say it was you and me that had the decision to make and she was sitting in front of you and she seems sincere and she wants to come back. What one question would you possibly ask her? Like, I'm not even interested in the circumstances of what got her to join ISIS. You, you and I both know that the internet it can, can, you know, can. she probably fell down a rabbit hole, didn't ask the right questions. Who knows? I, I guess there might be intellectual curiosity on my point, like, how'd you get to this point? But, you know, decision after decision led to this thing, yes. and you'd have to unravel a lot of them. And I And one of them starts with, what about the caliphate and the ISIS theology really appealed to you, right? I mean, <laughs> I don't care. Is it the you killing know, your decisions? Your decisions have consequences. And it'd be no different than if you asked, you know, Timothy McVeigh, you know, why did you blow up the, uh, the Murtha building in Oklahoma? Well, guess what? He did it. And he can't say he's sorry for it. And if he does say he's sorry, okay, he's sorry. But guess what? You killed hundreds of people and you're a terrorist. And I have, I have zero empathy for you. I mean, I have zero empathy for this woman or any of these other people that made a huge effort to be able to get over there and into Syria. I mean, you know, it's 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 not like you're just going to fly to Paris. I mean, this was this took a lot of effort, and I really, quite frankly, I agree with the State Department and and I agree with the Brits and the Germans and everyone else who aren't letting a lot of these people back in. You made a decision. Your decision yeah, has consequences. Yeah. I don't want we because you know what, John, she'll she'll be a ward of the state. She'll end up having well, to come and there in, you go. and all the taxpayers are going to be paying for her bad decisions and her, her, uh, you know, feeling bad now because she realized she made a dumb mistake. Well, it's too bad. And you know, it even goes beyond that. When you say, when you say, "I'm willing to face the justice system," I'm willing. You know, that means that we have to put resources for hearings for um, an appointed court attorney. She may actually serve time, which means that costs X a number of thousands of dollars a day for, yeah, depending on the state she's in from taxpayers. Her her son's going to somehow be put into the system, whether it's foster care, if she's, a, if she's eventually put in jail. or you No, know, it, it, yeah, the complexity of unraveling her decision and the cost to a larger society is really profound. It's very fascinating to me that these, that, and of course, her lawyer is arguing on a very technical thing, you know, that no one, you know, about citizenship. But yeah, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, and I'm with Mike Pompeo. Which yeah, no, listen, that, <laughs> the two of yeah. us being with Mike Pompeo is kind of like an interesting thing. But yeah, no, I, I was, and when I read that, I thought, you know, I don't disagree with his his line. I mean, I think he was very his logic. Yeah, he yeah. was very clear. He said, uh, 
She will not be admitted to the United States. She's a terrorist. Terrorist. Boom. Done. done. Next. <laughs> All right. Well, as we mentioned at the top of the, uh, the podcast, Critics' Choice Video, America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987, has been a partner of ours here on TFGM Button since we began. And we would encourage you to visit their site by going to focusgroupradio.com and clicking on the Critics' Choice Video logo and start your shopping. I always recommend the first thing you do is uh, request a catalog. It's uh, the, a button on the left-hand side of the menu structure. They come about every four or five weeks. Um, I love looking through them. So, And they always give me ideas for things that I have seen in the past that I want to see again that you can never stream. There's certain things you just can't get you know, online. So I'm at the, uh, the site, and before I let you go down the rabbit hole, I just clicked on sales, and then I clicked on musicals for some reason. And I was so, I had a big smile, and I scrolled down and saw that they ranked this movie, one of my favorite movies, um, from being a kid, actually, 1971's uh, Willy Wonka and oh. the Chocolate Factory, starring Gene Wilder and uh, Jack Albertson. You know, um, they remade it with Johnny Depp years later, but this one with this is the this is yes. the book brought to life to me. And at the very end, there's a scene that I I love. They're in the glass elevator, and they're flying above this town that Charlie grew up in. And and Gene Wilder, as Willy Wonka says, Charlie, he goes, "Do you remember what? Do you know what happened to the man who got everything he ever wanted?" And Charlie goes, no. And Gene Wilder just smiles with that little twinkle in his eyes. goes, he lived happily ever after. And, you know, <laughs> as a child, we're never told that that happens, right? Magic. You're never alive. So I remember walking out of the movie theater thinking, wow, you can be happy. Anyway, <laughs> did you see anything you liked? Well, I, you know, I love that you picked that because that's, and you're right. You can't remake that. It's like remaking The Wizard of Oz. It, it is what it is. That movie is, is just... Um iconic but the great thing that's uh, going on in critics choice what i saw was that there's an extra 25 percent uh savings if you use the coupon code turkey it's good through the end of the month through november 30th so you save an extra 25 percent on any of your orders over 50 dollars. so if you're trying to get some holiday gifts for people or trying to uh re i would say replenish the library because you loan stuff out it's uh it's a great time to to purchase so head over to focusgroupradio.com click on the Critics' Choice video logo. They're America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987 and our partner here on TFG Unbutton. Thanks for listening. Be sure to catch our Wednesday show at 1 p.m. East. Learn all about us at focusgroupradio.com. We hope you have a great week. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Available every Tuesday. Learn more about Tim and John, Unbuttoned, and all of the Focus Group platforms at focusgroupradio.com. 